romance nerds thanks for checking out part two of our look into dark romance whoop whoop if you missed the first one i definitely recommend you go back and listen to that first we will be here waiting for you when you're ready i want to once again issue a blanket trigger warning for the entire episode because jackie and i are going to be talking about some problematic things that happened in the books we read so if you're not in the mood for anything dark today please go give another podcast a try might i recommend the regency episode but if you're ready let's venture back into the dark <laughs> Lucky's judging me. <laughs> hey there, romance nerds! Welcome to another episode of Raging Romantics. I'm Jen. I'm Jackie. We are librarians at Northern Onondaga Public Library, and we are also romance nerds. Now, if you're wondering what this podcast is about, wait for it. Romance! romance! Specifically, the romance genre of books. We are going to be talking about anything and everything having to do with romance. So with that being said, sometimes our material will be a little too sensitive for younger readers. If you feel the need to wait until they go to bed, we will be here for you. Now, without further ado, are you ready, Jen? Oh, I've been ready, Jackie. All right. Let's rage! So if you hear a noise in the background in this episode, uh, it's Jen's dog. He's who very good so far. He is. He usually doesn't like me, but yeah. he's pretty mellow today. He's getting used to you. So fingers and crossed. I, I have chicken right next to me. This is true. It's really more the chicken than you. I don't smell like other dogs yet because I like <laughs> I took a shower before I came here. So, you know, all good. But anyways, hey, Jen. <gasps> Hi, Jackie. Why did Shakespeare only write in pen? Was he too bored? Bard? He couldn't decide which type of pencil to use, to be or not uh, to be. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> You're welcome. I will not be here all week. <laughs> all right. Okay. Whatever. Well, thank you for that, Jackie. That was really something. Yeah, I know. That something. <laughs> that's, that's me. <laughs> and thank you to all of our romance nerds for coming back to Dark Romance. I'm very happy we did not scare you off with that last recording. So today we're going to be looking at two dark romances, Sweetest Obsession by Anne Mayburn, which is sort of like a nicer, lighter baby dark romance. And I don't even think it's a dark romance. We will talk about that, Jackie. (laughs) And Den of Vipers by K.A. Knight, which is just, it's it's a lot. (laughs) I don't. It was a lot, guys. Uh, Full disclosure, I picked Sweetest Obsession because I really liked that series. And Jackie picked Den of Vipers because she wanted me to suffer through trying to explain it without getting fired. Uh, So I really liked Sweetest Obsession. And you didn't. No. And it really hurt my feelings. (laughs) No, it didn't. It actually feels like karma for not liking the Karina Hall. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Sweetest Obsession is is the second book in Anne Mayburn's series, uh, the Cordova Empire, and it is based around a crime family that runs basically all over the world. I mean, they're very large, powerful. It's a cartel. It's, it's a, a cartel. drug syndicate. Yeah, drug stuff. They do pretty much everything. Drug stuff. <laughs> is that the new butt stuff? <laughs> <laughs> they do everything, and they're very four powerful brothers who just want somebody to love. 
But it yeah. is very hard to trust women in their position, unfortunately. And they, there's this whole backstory of one of the brother's mothers setting up their son to be kidnapped so she could get a payday from him. And the kid ends up dying. So that's kind of the background to all of this. And it just really affected all of them because they loved the kid. They thought they could trust the mom. And obviously did not end well so they decide you know what we already do all these really high-tech drugs and we have all these crazy labs that make all these cool materials let's make a drug that is like a sex pollen plus this brainwashing component that will ensure that the women that we do love will never be able to betray us Mm -hmm. it's called d128 and there's this sex pollen kind of a thing where it makes her really really super horny and that has all these hormone things i can't pronounce that is supposed to bond her to him more closely and then there's this brainwashing component where once she's in this hypnotic state, they say all of these trigger words that are supposed to be like, you will not betray me. You will not betray me. Just like this yeah, whole thing. It's messed up. It's, me- it's not the best idea in the entire universe. <laughs> so they go through with this plan. The first book in the series is actually their head torturer instead of one of the brothers who... Leo. Yeah, Leo, who falls in love with Hannah and stalks her for several years before that story gets started but this takes place with ramon ramon thank you ramon who is hannah's roommate and that's how ramon meets joy is kind of through that connection yeah so our heroine is joy and she is just a college girl trying to get through she doesn't have a lot of money so the book opens where she is chasing down one of her tutoring students for money because he hasn't paid her and he's loaded and he's just like blowing her off yeah Yeah, he's a butthead he's a typical rich white well he's not even a white boy (laughs) (laughs) he's just got that white boy energy he's a rich cartel boy um so she chases him down to his family's house and she open like the door is open for her and it's ramon and he basically assumes that she's a whore sorry a prostitute and he throws money at her and says go away because she is too pretty to be a tutor oh yeah because oh my god she has like such big boobs and such a big butt okay we get it this goes on anyways i'll talk about that later but yeah so fast forward like i think it's like eight months later something like that the first book is like getting ready to finish we kind of jump everything kind of blends in together but basically hannah and joy and another girl are roommates this other girl gets into some really messed up stuff she brings these bad guys back the bad guys beat up joy and hannah Mm -hmm. to the point where hannah and joy are like severely injured but because they are being stalked (laughs) by the cartel brothers cameras in every room by the way yeah yeah bt dubs um they are able to be rescued by ramon and leo and the rest of the crew and they take them back to their compound hannah in her book is given the d128 pretty much like immediately Mm -hmm. and joy is like taken care of ramon's like don't give her the drug yet whatever uh she wakes up she's like oh look i've been taken oh well i don't care oh look here's this guy who threw money at me and called me a prostitute oh well he's really hot oh my god my boobs are so big no she does fight with him they do go into a whole thing because she is like i know you were a jerk i'm gonna tell your mother which is really funny because the mom is very mad. I want to say the whole dynamic of the crime fa- family in this one is awesome because it's actually the mom who's leading it all. Yes. Which is, I think, really fun. So, yeah, the mom is instantly like, how dare yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. not happy. Yeah, so the book proceeds. You know, they have sex, whatever. Stuff happens. <laughs> um, it's some pretty steamy sex, too. Like, yep. uh, I haven't read that in a... Mm-hmm non-pornography book i don't even know how to say it um but there's some stuff i was like oh okay then okay okay yeah 
And eventually it turns out that Ramon's mom gives Joy the D-128 because she discovers what the cartel is doing, but she only gives her a small dose. Yeah. Um, Ramon, by the way, likes to kill people, but we never really see it on screen. It just happens behind screen. And there's a lot of internal monologuing, which I hate. Okay. Well, there's a lot of telling, not showing. There's a lot of Den of Viper stuff, too, though. There's a lot of monologuing. Yeah, but we get a lot more blood. Yeah, okay, fair. A lot more gore. Right, we're not even And a lot more yet. killing people. Fine. Which I like. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so after she gets the D-128, uh, Joy gets the D-128, they have sex again, they get bonded, blah, 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 all this stuff happens, and this is where I just completely forget everything. Yeah, so Ramon and Joy moving together, he's got this, eventually, actually, because he is building this house that he has taken off of her Pinterest board for her, basically. And they're just getting ready to move on with their lives. And um, Hannah is being kept apart from Joy because Hannah finds out the truth of everything that's going on before Joy and she wants to warn Joy. Hannah, when she wakes up and realizes what the cartel has done to her, she's very, 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 very mad, very angry. So she's kind of locked in her room and Joy's kept away and they're very carefully monitored. Mm-hmm. And then after, sometime before then, Ramon is asked to go to South America to deal with some problems, and he doesn't come back for several months. Mm-hmm. And this long period of kind of forced separation when Joy is still kind of under the effects of the drug and it hasn't fully taken place, it ends up really, really kind of... Messing her up. Yeah, it really messes her up because the process isn't totally done. When he's forced to go to this South America trip that's only supposed to be like a day, it ends up turning into this, like, like this hostage situation. Yeah, it ends up being three weeks. And he actually gets captured and has to fight his way out of jail and all these other things. So he thinks that she hasn't been drugged either. But then he finds out as well that the mom had drugged her. And it's just this whole messed up thing. Finally, he does get the opportunity to drug her. To brainwash her. I don't know what verb I want to use. Imprinting. Imprint her. Sure. We'll use that word. That's the only thing I can think of and right now. <laughs> what is actually very super nice. So she doesn't even know he's back yet because they've got her in this spa. They've got her kind of knocked out so they can finish the process. And he comes in and instead of doing the gen- general, you're not going to betray me, blah, blah, blah. Instead, he does this whole, uh, you're stronger than you believe you are. Uh, you're the, just like all this stuff to boost up her self-confidence which is very nice. And then he also puts in this keyword, you will do whatever it takes to survive, Mm. which ends up being really helpful because when she goes to tutor a couple days later, she ends up getting kidnapped. And because of that kind of imprint in her mind, she's able to take her hair stick out of her hair and like stab the kidnapper through the eye, something she wouldn't have done before. So, cause he was very much like, I'm not going to lose you ever. Mm. Like, so I'm going to make sure you fight and that you're, you're gonna do things that you wouldn't have done otherwise because she she would slap him and she would kind of be like but she would not have taken on these hardened kidnappers before he kind of put that in her head yeah so he comes back fully into her life reveals okay this is what happened this is the truth of everything he moves her into the finished house that has all of the qualifications and all the pins that he's taken off her pinterest and they're like okay you're gonna get married to me (laughs) <laughs> and the epilogue is them and their daughters, like, several years later with all the other cartel's daughters. Because, of course, they all have daughters, which is kind of hilarious to me. <laughs> of course. Of course. So, 
that's not the best summary in the entire universe. I I kind of blindsided Jen with making her do a summary yeah. for this one. <laughs> she expected me to, and I was like, yeah, yeah no, I, I didn't like, well, read enough read to do one. recently, and I read this probably in 2019, and now, I don't know, I put the notes in my Kindle. I go back and read the stuff yeah. I want to read. I don't read the details anymore. We but, read the steamy scenes. <laughs> yeah, so I really love the series because I had never seen this aspect of, like, the drugging and the brainwashing and... I thought that was something that was really interesting. And I always like an obsessed hero that's obsessed right away. Den of Vipers, I would have given up on a lot earlier if it hadn't been for the podcast. Because in the beginning, to contrast that, they really, really want to murder and kill the heroine. That is not true at all in the Cordona Empire. Like, they're very much, like, want to keep her under lock. It's the sweet stalker. Yeah, it's like the sweet stalker. Which much I have learned that I oxymoron. hate. Okay, that's interesting. See, that's, like, my favorite kind of stalker. It doesn't read, like, a dark romance to me. Okay. See, and it reads, like, a dark romance to me because it's still very much a stalker. So, yeah, you may have been picking up on some of the themes and tropes that Jen, you know, mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, forced captivity. I'm not calling it kidnapping because she was she was totally fine when she woke up. She did not even care. She was like, oh, whatever. It's fine. I'm in this really fancy house. Ooh, look, a pretty dress. Ooh, look, a nice mom. Ooh, look, good food. Whatever. I don't care. Um, and then there's the forced drug use, which, again, there's not that much time spent forced on it. Okay. And also, it's his mom who drugs her. Which I thought not was cool. Not him. <laughs> And I'm like, and all, so I have read a couple where it's like the drugging thing. Mm -hmm. I think the one who did it best, in my personal opinion, is Ruby Dixon um, in her Prison Planet series. Um, What's that? uh, Diverse. It's the one where it's like, this is going to sound really weird to the people who've never read this series before. It's the cat-like aliens, the Praxians. Yeah. And it's one of the newer ones. Wait, the one, when she purrs? No. Oh, okay, good. No, this is the one where, oh, maybe. She lives on the farm and there's, like, yeah, all well, these the, flower fields yeah, all around them. Yeah, that's when she purrs. Yeah. That's not forced drug use. Well, hey, he's the one lingering <laughs> around. But I have read a few others and this just didn't, it didn't, it just didn't, okay? okay. Um, And then the fact that Ramon likes to kill people. I mean, whatever, Ramon, same, I mean, that's, all like, good. the same thing for cartel people. But it, it, just, it just, like, the way it's done to me. Mm-hmm. And I'll explain this in a minute. Doesn't feel like a dark romance. Like it's one of those mm-hmm. things you said. You'll know it when you read it. And yeah. me, I'm like, this doesn't feel like a dark romance. So what feels like a dark romance to you? Is it Den of Vipers? It... Yeah. Okay. Den of Vipers. Is super... <laughs> Den of dark. Vipers is like a black romance. Or even yeah. Like if there if such <laughs> that a is thing... noir. Yeah, noir. I like yeah. And then the one that you had me read that I wish we had talked about for this. Oh, Zoe Blake? Yeah, Zoe we Blake. Still, I mean, I don't know how long this is going to be. We probably won't have that much time probably to talk about it. But <laughs> yeah. So, Jen, can you elaborate a little more on why these specific tropes, themes, whatever. So the forced kidnapping or like the forced whatever, the drug use and like the murdering, I guess. Why these are themes and why you think it's a dark romance? So because he's stalking her, they have the cameras in the house, the forced kidnapping, the forced drug use, uh, the cartel job, the serial killing, the torture. To me, that's the the dark romance. I don't always need the tone to match the plot. See, I think I do. Okay. And sometimes for me, especially if I'm tired and I don't really want a Den of Vipers-like book, this is like a nice in-between for me where I get the kind of content I really love, but it's brushed over with some sugar. See, to me, that doesn't feel like a dark romance. <laughs> but it's still a dark romance because of all the content. 
But it's it not was, like, painful. everything together. It's not painful. See, it's pain- some of the stuff was painful to me. So, like, the scenes with Joy and, and Hannah were really painful to me. Because I was picturing, like, what I would do in that situation with my friend. Like, if I was Hannah and I knew it was coming and Raymond was fixed on you, Jackie, and I was like, I can't warn her! They won't let me warn her! How do I try to warn her without just revealing everything and blowing everything up and ruining all of our lives? I think some of the more emotional things to me are still very dark. Okay, so there's still some that, emotional like, pain, but really, yeah. I think that's more of the writing. Okay. Because <laughs> it's such <Yay>! painful writing! <laughs> I will say, it's not it's not the smoothest all the time. She uses some interesting turn of phrases. It's very stilted. It can be. I think it's because I've read eight or nine of her books, actually. Mm. So, this actually isn't that bad compared to... Her sci-fi is really terrible. <laughs> she can't do a good threesome. Uh, the, the motorcycle gangs and this is actually pretty good, though. Okay, and see, this is the first I've ever read yeah, by her. Yeah, so maybe that's why. So maybe I've got all of this. Though actually, you know, I'm pretty sure the first book in the series was my first ever, too. And then I've read all of her other stuff once I was mm. like, oh, I really like this. I want to see what else she has. Yeah, and so something we said last episode was that you'll know a dark romance when you read it. Yeah. And that it's also going to hurt for a while for both the characters and the readers. But it will eventually get to a happy ending. Well... <laughs> I okay okay it didn't hurt for the characters I'm trying not to yell because that will get lucky very upset and then he will start barking I'm trying to keep my hand gestures to him and I'm in here I'll just keep being in chicken (sighs) it just it felt to me like a little kid trying to play dress up in their mom's clothes like it has these elements which yes I've read in darker romances and I've seen portrayed much more darkly and it has been that painful for both characters and for me to get through Mm -hmm. But in Sweetest Obsession, it's it, it just – it doesn't feel like it's as dark as it could be. Like in the beginning, they take uh, Joy – I couldn't remember her name for the longest time, so I kept saying, what's your face in the notes? <laughs> Joy and Hannah, and they get beat up. And, like, this is the most painful part. But even then, it's like it takes me out of the story because of the way that it's written. The <laughs> – the villain who beats her up is like in trigger warning with this he's like i'm gonna f you in the heart and i'm gonna like put it on and i'm like that is not physically possible there are ribs you have to break the ribs you have to get in between the ribs and there are gonna be rib fragments which are gonna slice up your ding dong it's a little weird you thought that much about it is this again one of your bullets out of the knee thing probably but it took me out of the story and that was right at the beginning and i just uh, it just it, <laughs> I did not like it. Um, and uh, yeah, basically, I went on a long rant about this in the notes. I'll try to fast forward through my notes. Um, oh yeah. And then when did, she wakes up and they're quote unquote kidnapped, she wakes up and she's like, "Oh, I'm in this beautiful place. I'm in. Oh, look, this gorgeous shower. Oh, his mom is so nice. Oh, what a pretty blouse. Da 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 da. Oh, he's so hot. Whatever. I don't care. Can we stop? Like." You should be scared out of your witch. You should be trying to sneak out. You should be trying to fight your way out. If you've been kidnapped, you should not be just blissfully wandering around this large, pretty house with drug lords. (laughs) You should shoot them in the knees. Where is she going to get a gun from? They have guns. They're drug lords. (laughs) Take it and shoot them in the knees and then in the penises. (laughs) Because they should not procreate. Are you going to ask them after what it felt like to have the bullet in their knee? Yeah. Can you explain in detail what what that felt like? Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank, thank you. Oh, you're trying to kill me? That's fine. I'm just gonna. I'll kill you after this. But can you tell me what it feels like? Okay, thanks. Cool. And 
And then she does, like, it's basically she's doing, like, this Disney princess thing. Mm -hmm. It really felt like to me, like, yeah, she's spicy sometimes. Okay, whatever. I also really hated that they kind of gave her, like, that mamacita role. Yeah, I mean, I will say. Because she is Hispanic. There is something to say, too, about the, the, um what's the the latin lover stereotype in yes here? i will say that yeah and even like so that. ramon is he's mexican drug yeah. cartel or like south american drug cartel yeah. he's hispanic too and even then the only time i felt like he was portraying his hispanic roots was when he was talking to his mom yeah. or his name mm-hmm. that was like the only time and then joy who was also hispanic she was raised hispanic she she like portrays a little more but i really it felt like the feisty mamacita. Yeah. And okay. I hated how that was written. Mm-hmm. Like, I've read it in, like, you had me at Ola, yeah. how that was written, and I was just comparing it to that the whole oh, time. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, that's fair. It, uh, I just didn't like it. Let's, let's just put fair it that enough. way. Hey, at least we finally put the raging and raging romantic. Yeah, this is true. I finally get my turn to rant and rage, <laughs> so that was good. Like, the entire time was basically just me as a gif of Michael Spot- Scott going, no, mm-hmm. no, no. It was great. It, it was great. Um, final point is in case you can't tell by my ranting. Wait, no, hang on. Wait, where do you want to go? I don't know. I lost it. Okay. Final point. Ramon's job. Yes. He enjoys killing people, but do we ever really get to see that in a satisfactory way? Like I would expect in a dark romance. Mm -hmm. No. Okay. He just shows up and he's covered in blood. (laughs) It's like, okay, cool. Do we get to see him torturing people? No. Do we get to see him going like absolutely crazy when he's trying to escape being like forced into captivity? Mm -hmm. No, we do not. And in case you cannot tell by my ranting, we definitely do not get to see it at any point in this entire book. One of the best dark romances I've read is King by T.M. Frazier, which, and every time I tried to type T.M. into my computer, it did, like, the weird, like, hypertext oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. So that was fun. But in King, King, who is the main hero, is also a drug lord, but in, like, a non-cartel way. Um, he's also really screwed up in the head, and there's some really shitty stuff that he does to the heroine, who has amnesia, by the way. Um, and that book is just ten times this book in my opinion it is not sweet it is not light it is dark it is painful and we really get to see king doing his thing like he goes out and we get a vivid picture of him beating somebody up which i guess i like the painful aspect which is saying something about my psyche right now so i guess you're really the duchess of dark i gotta give my title to you okay i'll take it okay i'll just be more of a minor lady or something okay it goes along with the serial killer thing so well, I'm uh, sorry I made you read it. Really, like okay. again, going back to your earlier point, when I thought dark romance, this was one of the first things that popped mm-hmm. into my head. So there you go. There's a great example of why it's so hard to define. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> now can we go to my pick? <laughs> yeah, let's go to one that we can definitely both agree is super, super crazy dark and really, really, really something. Den of Vipers. Let's go into the den. By somebody. Oh, K A King. K A King. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this one is, like, first off, I just want to mention the cover for this is beautiful. Oh, yeah, I really, really thought this was a YA at yeah. first, too, it's, it's really funny. So it's basically, it's an all-black background with, like, kind of this grayed-out, shadowy skull, and coming out of the skull are red roses um, and some pretty leaves, and then two gilded vipers, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it plays into the title, Den of Vipers. Yeah. Um, but this book is long. It's super long. This it's, like, 650 over, yeah, pages. Yeah, it's over 600 pages. The entire thing from almost the first page is a massive content warning. Yeah. 
It's uh. it's dark. <laughs> it is a reverse harem, yeah. which means that there are four men to one woman. Is that woman. the number? It has to be four? No, it doesn't. I'm okay, just saying so in this multiple? book it's four. Yeah, it's just basically where there's more men than there is the woman. And the woman is technically in charge even though yeah. like the other like the men have the dominant personality she is like the queen of the relationship she's like the center yeah exactly the she's the center um i want to give you a warning too i'm not going to be detailing every aspect of this plot <laughs> there's a lot because like we said it's over 600 pages and there are lots of things in it that would get me fired if i go into those specifics yeah. Yeah. This is also one of those books where the sex is really needed for the plot. Mm -hmm. And I am not going into detail about the sex here. (laughs) Some of it's really messed up. (laughs) Just know there's a lot of rape, kidnapping, dubcon, so much blood and knife play and fire play and torture and just really not good situations. And uh, I really like my job. So if you want to check it out, it's on Kindle. (laughs) Yeah. I actually... Like, I only gave this a three out of five star rating because I didn't know the trigger warnings going into the book when I read it. And I read this back in January before we knew we were going to do dark romance, really. Um, And I just really liked the cover and the premise. And I thought that sounded fun. And then I got into it and I was like, okay, this is... This is Dubcon. Mm-hmm. This is kind of scary. And then it got to the one plot line with Diesel. And I was like, oh, I'm out of here. Diesel's like, oh. Because as we all know from last episode, I do not like blood and knife play. <laughs> <laughs> or fluid play. Or fluid play. And there's a lot of that in this book. Oh my god, so much blood. Yeah. Um. So Jen, will you give us like a bare bones yeah, bare, plot? Yeah, bare, bare, bare bones. Bare bones. Roxy's dad sells her to the four men that run their city who are known as the Vipers. Diesel, Kenzo, Ryder, and Garrett. They're brothers, quote unquote, who are really, really, really dark. They're not anti-heroes. They are full-on villains. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that this selling deal was something I had a problem with because she's 24 years old. She was emancipated from her dad at 17. So I don't, I know it's an underground deal, but I'm still really like, he doesn't have any right to sell his daughter. I don't understand why they accepted it that way. But I think that's the point because she was like the last attractive asset that he even had in his sphere it wasn't the fact that he had rights to her it was just that she was in his sphere but she hadn't even talked to him i think since she left at 17 yeah but he was they were in the same city like the dad was like last chance this is what i have i'm just gonna offer her up Mm -hmm. and it's just it's it's one of the less believable plot points because they do make a big deal out of her being emancipated from him yeah so i was really like do you even i don't know i get that like it's a dark romance. Fine, this isn't real. But I was like, is that even right in the, the rules of the the underground? Like, can you just There are no her? rules. Yeah, okay, I guess that's the point. There's no <laughs> rules. But whatever, it's an acceptable trade for some reason. <laughs> so instead of killing the dad, they take her. Uh, they really taunt him. Like, they're going to make an example out of her. They're going to make her suffer. They're going to make her do whatever she wants and rape and kill and torture. Yeah. And <laughs> it's a very twisted version of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. So, Roxy is a type of dark heroine I totally forgot to cover in the last episode, I love her so much! I I read a lot of Innocent Little Lambs, I think, that I forget that sometimes these books do feature really tough, scary, dangerous, capable women. So, correction from last time, there are darker heroines in dark romance who will happily beat you up, curse you out, plan to kill you, and Roxy is one of them! Hell yeah! Woo! She gets her baseball bat and goes to town. (laughs) So when the Vipers actually send guys to her bar to collect her, she actually beats them up with the baseball bat. Thank Hardcore. You. It's a be- it's beautiful. I love they it so much. They go themselves the next time, get attacked by her. Garrett gets uh, in the balls, yep. which is super fun. <laughs> this is so There's great. a lot of violence on both sides before they finally knock her out and drag her to their penthouse lair. Yes, because and, they are the crime lords, so they are very rich. Yeah, so they're super rich, and they do hit her, which I think is something I forgot to mention in the last mm. one. 
Uh, I really don't like it when the heroine gets hit by the hero. I think that's also why I was, like, more comfortable with Swedish obsession, but okay. And she gets she gets beat up by them a little bit. Not seriously after a while. I think probably the worst one is that round out punch to knock her out. Mm. Uh, there is a lot of knife play, like I said. Anyway, for the next while, it's a lot of Roxy being like, How dare you? I'll kill you! Ah! Which is how you should react when someone kidnaps you, (laughs) Joy. Listen, I'm just saying, I don't know if that's actually the smartest thing. I would think you would actually want to endear yourself or, like, trick your captors rather than being in... Because, like, I can't take anybody on. Look at me. I'm pudding. (laughs) I'm getting you a shirt that says that. (laughs) Or a sticker. I'm not a tough person. I have to trick them into being like, oh, yeah, she's, like, lame. She's a loser. She's not going to try anything. Reverse Stockholm. Yeah! I gotta make them care about me. As I've said, is one of my draws about dark romance because i am not powerful enough to be roxy which is kind of how this book starts to go yeah so roxy like i said roxy is just and the vipers are threatening a lot of violence and rape on her that to their credit never gets totally delivered on they do hurt her there is a thing with kenzo where it turns into dub con into Mm. um I don't want to say legitimate sex. That's so gross. I'm like channeling that gross politician. Yeah. It does turn into consensual sex. Yeah. So, because they, they have a whole page about how, oh, I could have said no and he was soft. I could have said no. I could have said no. I mean, it did start out DevCon, but fine. I'll take it. Mm. So they do hurt her. Not in the way they bragged about, though. They're actually starting to kind of like her and they see her as a potential future viper. Eventually, she does make an escape attempt. It fails and they let Diesel loose on her, who is the pyromaniac, psychopath, torture master in the book. Yeah. So much stuff happens for, like, the next 30 pages between the two of them. And that was when I had to put the book down for the first time. But she survives it, and he is fully in love with her and committed to making sure his brothers feel the same way about wanting to keep her after that point. Yep. And that whole dynamic kind of continues on for a while of Roxy being like, oh, these guys are my kidnappers. I shouldn't like them. And yet, oh, no, she's starting to like them and starting to feel like a viper herself. And she even starts helping them out with their own businesses. And the guys are like, oh, I actually like this chick. I don't want to kill her after all. (laughs) So... All over all of this is there's an outside group named the Triad who are trying to kill the Vipers and take over their city. Between that plot line and Roxy's, there's just so much gore and torture and bad stuff happening. And a lot of sex. Yeah, if your problem with Ramon was that he didn't like killing, all four of these guys really like killing. And yeah. Very, very... I hadn't read about some of these ways before. It's very inventive. It's very inventive. And she is having sex with all four men. Yeah, all the time, yes. At this point. And some of it is really messed up, like with Diesel. Um, but yes, they do all have sex. Yeah. I don't remember if there's actually like a foursome or threesome There scene. is eventually, yeah. There is eventually, yeah. There's twosomes, threesomes. I guess they don't really do a foursome. Yeah, because what's his name? Garrett isn't like... No, he's it's just messed like, up. Ryder likes watching. Oh, that's and, right, like, yeah. Demanding. Okay. Which, I, I, please don't fire me for that. I almost just growled at you. <laughs> But anyway, the biggest pivotal scene happens when all four men really love her, but Ryder, their leader, is starting to feel conflicted about how their relationship started and wonders if she could really truly love them back if they aren't giving her their freedom. So he kind of forces the other guys to offer her her freedom and see what happens. They quote-unquote promise to let her go if that's really what she wants. She actually does end up leaving for like five minutes because she's so conflicted about everything. But once she gets in her car, she realizes, oh, no, I can't leave these guys. Gets out of her car to go back. And there they all are because no way were they actually going to let her leave. Uh, And then there's a lot of angry sex for what feels like 50 pages. It is long. Uh, Finally, the really, really big thing happens. And Roxy gets kidnapped by the triad people. Gets tortured for a while while the Vipers are looking for her. She ends up half saving herself, which is pretty cool. She only manages so much, though, because she's got broken ribs and toes and fingers and tons of cuts because the guy's, like, slicing her open. But she's still going strong. 
then pages and pages and pages and pages of fighting and killing and rescuing after two of the other Vipers get really badly injured and taken. And of course, it ends with the Vipers winning and Roxy taking her place as their queen. The book closes with them moving into their own home and Roxy killing her father in revenge for selling her to them in the first place, plus abuse from her childhood and killing her mother. Happy ending. Yeah, so. <laughs> the end. Like we said, I know that's kind of sparse, but if you want all the details, I'm not going to go into on my work <laughs> podcast. You should read the book yourself. This feels like a very bad idea, Jackie. <laughs> Amanda, we're sorry. <laughs> but with all of that out of the way and with all the, the bad stuff that happens, I actually did kind of like the book. Mm-hmm. I will say I don't, I didn't read it the way I would normally read a romance. I don't mm-hmm. know how to make that m- make more sense without going into too much detail. I mostly read it out of, like, a curiosity, out of an enjoyment, Mm -hmm. I think. I mean, I still really enjoyed Roxy, and I liked the way she ended up kind of juggling and handling the guys. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I don't know. I think if it hadn't been for the podcast, I probably would have put this down in the beginning. Because up until, like, the 23rd percent of the book, there was just so much genuine desire on their part to hurt her or, Mm -hmm. or, like, really rape her or really kill her. And we know how much you hate when they're mean to each other. And that I can't do. I can't do it when they're mean to each other. But after the 23rd percent when Diesel was like, oh, cool, I actually really like you. And even though I am going to hurt you, I still love you. I'm like, okay, I can And when the hurting got consensual. Yeah, when the hurting was consensual because she was very much into it, too. Mm -hmm. This wasn't like uh, Anna who kind of put up with stuff to please Christian at points. She was fully into all of it. So it was kind of okay, and I really wanted to see where it would go and just the stuff that would happen. And I think that's why I kept reading it, and I ended up being kind of like, okay, this is bearable. And once they were hooked on her, I was good, and I could enjoy all the messed up chaos. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, plus it, the guys were different from what you normally read. That, yeah. Well, I don't know. They still are obsessive and dangerous, but... Uh, yeah, I don't usually will read a lot of heroes that would hit the heroine yeah that was that was a rough part yeah the physical violence is really rough for me Um, i should say that there's no like them standing in the kitchen and them like turning into physical abusers there they punched her out when they were trying to like kidnap her and to knock her out after she had kneed garrett in the balls yeah so i'm not justifying it yeah not in any sense of the word but it's not domestic abuse right relationship i mean in real life yes please call the cops yeah (laughs) but in this universe it was bearable i guess is maybe the best word and it was like i do love roxy i forgot how much i love heroines like this who are really kick-ass and really capable and she was really useful and capable it wasn't like they were protecting this little lamb in their tower yes so something that i really love is there's a quote of throw me to the wolves and i'll come back leading the pack yeah and that is totally roxy yeah, I will say she said that in the book, though. And oh, a little corny. I totally didn't even think no, that. No, no, no. I mean, that's like goes overall Pinterest all the time. Yeah, that's probably where I saw but it. But she does actually honest. say that in the book. Okay. And I'm like, probably my least enjoyable parts were these weird monologues she would have in her head of like, oh, I'm a survivor and I'm so strong. I'm, I'm going to like. Survivor. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Calm down. Just go have sex with them and stop thinking about it so much. <laughs> yeah, it, there was a, like. It, it is very long and it is very drawn out. Yeah, they could have cut like. Um. <sighs> Like yeah but at the same time i do kind of understand why it was so long because we do have four individual relationships yeah. that have to get combined into one so like where in a normal book we would have like all of this would be over by page 250 say we had to go through each like breakdown scene with each hero and then we had to go through the first sex scene with each hero and then we had to go through the revelation with each hero Mm -hmm. and then eventually like everything got combined into one by the end of the book but like the whole lead up was like 30 40 pages with each hero yeah okay (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) the first time i've done it on now 
<laughs> I think that was the longest part. Um, but yeah, and I really liked how each guy had his own personality. And Roxy, it wasn't quite masking, but it was yeah. kind of like switching, yeah. where she could switch between each hero. Mm-hmm. And then you got to see her own individuality come into play when she was like in the group dynamic or by her own. I thought that was really masterful, yeah. masterful writing. So I appreciate Good the writing point. much better in this one than Good in the first point. one. Uh, but yeah. And it did just my own little thing that made me laugh in my head, remembering how much Christian Grey was always like, I'm such a monster. I'm such a monster. <laughs> yeah, right, and Christian. Just spank Anna a little bit. And these guys are like. <laughs> Diesel sitting in the background going. <laughs> Diesel would kill Christian Grey and laugh as he did it. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um. But, Jen, I guess that kind of wraps up our book discussion for these two. We have two very opposite ends yeah. of the spectrum. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I guess honorable mention would be the Zoe Blake one. Cause yeah. We are at... Yeah, so one thing that we did think about reading, I ended up not wanting it because I liked Sweetest Obsession so much more, and I was hoping Jackie would like it, and we could be like Anne Mayburn friends. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> I might try a sci-fi just because I'm in a space mood, so. Don't. Her sci-fi's bad. Okay. Her sci-fi's real <laughs> But bad. you like this one, and I didn't, so I maybe know, it'll So maybe you would like the sci-fi. I don't know. I'll try um, it. Maybe I'll loan you one of my sci-fis okay, that thanks, I have because she's not in Kindle Unlimited. Okay. But Ugh. she, yeah, so the Zoe Blake one that I I did, it was Okay. It was the modern version of Flame in the Flower. Yes. Where it's this library science student. Yeah. Which is very exciting. She goes to this house because for some reason she thinks this person's going to give her money for college. That was a little iffy. It was the whole like thing where she went to the wrong address because she thought this guy who was like the dean of students and scholarships would like be there. But it wasn't. It was a mob boss. For money, by the way. And he was expecting a prostitute. So he assumes that she's the prostitute Mm -hmm. and things happen, which she's not okay with. Literally, Flame in the Flower. she was a virgin. She was a virgin. So instantly once he's like, oh, you're a virgin. Well, you're going to be my woman now. Yeah. <laughs> and that one actually wasn't bad. And that one you thought was a lot darker and a lot better. So yeah. I guess we should have done that one. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys want to check that one out, it's on Kindle Unlimited. The library science stuff is what actually not bad. What was it titled bad. again? It is Sweet Cruelty. Sweet Cruelty. Is there we go. Cruelty? Yeah, Sweet Cruelty. Or is that the other one? No, Sweet Cruelty. Okay. I remember looking at it on my Goodreads. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so Sweet Cruelty. The library science stuff is not annoying because sometimes they'll make the librarians really stupid or they're really No, wrong. this one actually felt like a legit library like, science okay, student. I could see this happening to yeah. one of my classmates. I hope yeah. it doesn't. <laughs> but uh, he gets very obsessed with her and very like, yeah. okay, I'm going to make sure... Uh, your mind from now on and yada 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 and like i said definitely check out tm fraser king series um that one's really messed up and really good anything by tm fraser really mm-hmm. i liked she had some really good motorcycle yeah. like mc ones too and any other so i really love jessica kane she's another kind of sweet mm. obsessive one so we like like we just said Kay webster have done some really good like freaked out things from her anna zaries who if you remember she did the um titan's obsession that we did she oh yeah has a whole line of dark stuff i was thinking that's too, why sh- it sounded so familiar yeah okay. i really should have made you read tormentor mine that's the one where he waterboards her oh mm-hmm. or uh twist me too he like kidnaps her to an island after she turns 18 stasa black i've read a couple by her that have been pretty good um she's actually the one though who did have the gang rape without warning me but i did like it overall uh julia sykes and Joanna Wild, obviously. Yeah. I talked about Joanna Wild last time, and I just, I still love her books. They're available through the library, yeah. um, especially on Hoopla. So all those authors are available on Amazon. If they're not Kindle Unlimited, they tend to have sales, so keep an eye out for those. If you yeah. are interested in exploring more dark romance, Goodreads also has really good dark romance lists 
Uh, and you can e you can always ask us. Now you know which one to which person to ask if you want more of the sweeter side or the darker side for Jackie. Yeah, just send me an email, okay? Yeah, <laughs> we really want email. Just email me. The button is right there. It is ragingromantics at gmail dot com, and yeah. the button is right there on our screen. You have literally no excuse. Unless you're in your car, do not email while you're driving. No, that's a bad idea. Email us when you're done thank driving. Thank you for that caveat, Jackie. Yeah. Don't but, um, me in text while driving. But thank you, romance nerds, for taking this brief stroll through the darkness with us this month. Uh, it feels very weird to hope you enjoyed this, but I hope <laughs> we at least captured some interest for you. Maybe that's safe to hope for. Yeah, if you're not interested and intrigued, um, maybe you learn something new. <laughs> Lucky get off my keyboard. <laughs> Lucky look this chicken right there. Um, maybe you discovered a new side of Romance yeah. Lydia that you had no idea it was even there. We actually received a lot of interest in our first episode, so thank you so much to all those who have listened. Um, every time I open up the statistics, I am honestly blown away and I send Jen screenshots. <laughs> like, oh my god, Jen, look, listen, people are listening to us. So thank you. You make my little Grinch heart happy that you're listening and liking. And like I said, now go email me. <laughs> okay, thanks. As always, if you have any thoughts or questions or comments yourselves, like Jackie has said five times already, email us at ragingromantics at gmail.com. Yes. Or if you're a fellow dark romance lover yourself and want to send us some recommendations, or if you just want to tell me how much of a baby I am. Email us at ragingromantics at gmail.com. Because apparently I'm not that tough after all. Now that we're done playing in the mud, Jackie, for a little while at least. Yes. What are we doing next month? Is it something particularly romantic <laughs> Lisa K. Adams is coming to the podcast <laughs> it's happening still I hope I'm slightly terrified I won't lie like what if it happens on recording day and then she doesn't show up she's gonna show she's a very nice lady <sighs> she has I've read her know. other interviews and she sounds very nice yes. and fun yes yeah. there are really a couple fun. other like email or um podcasts out there in podcast land where she's done interviews if you want to go listen to those I will yeah. link a couple that I have listened to in preparation um, again, if you have any final questions that you do want us to ask her, feel free. Again, email us at ragingromantics at gmail.com. Or we are going to be having a live author event <gasps> on April 21st. We are really spoiling you guys this month. We are. I really hope. I do, when does this episode come out? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me. Hang on. <laughs> Which I think is the week um after this episode comes out let me just double check uh, shouldn't it be yes the... so this comes out on april 16th and so 20 the 21st is the wednesday after that if you are listening to this after then you can definitely go i will put the link in the show notes right at the top it is free you do have to register but that's just so we have like a head count of who's yeah. coming um and jen is gonna be doing an interview <gasps> and we're gonna be asking her all about the books all about like her writing inspiration where she sees the series going who her favorite character is why it's the russian mm -hmm. all this sort of fun stuff yep. and the podcast is going to be a slightly different interview where we actually ask her more about like romance landia yep. what she thinks of being an author during covid or just in general all that sort of fun stuff yeah so it's going to be it's very exciting we are really, really, really excited. I am internally panicking every time I think about it. <laughs> you just got to be cool. I am like, not cool. I'm a ball of anxiety <laughs> mixed gotta, with internal dread. <laughs> you got to push it down for that hour. And then afterwards, you could run around screaming and stress eating and like ripping apart a pillow. That's all the stuff I do. I've already like warned everybody at work. I'm like, listen, I am not available during this time. Do not email. Do not call. Do not come into my office. Just shh. I took the day off after so I could just run around screaming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be obnoxious. It, anyways, it's going to be great. Like I said, that comes out. The podcast episode comes out Friday, May 5th 
I probably got that date wrong again. It's the first Friday in May. And the author talk is April 21st at 7 p.m. Again, the link will be right first thing in the show notes. You can also go to nopl.org slash events. Mm -hmm. That's nopl.org slash events. And we are right there. The link and description are right there on April 21st. And again, if you have any questions, email us at RadioRomantics <laughs> at gmail.com. Okay, cool. Thanks. Bye. Please, God, help her. <laughs> I think I shouldn't have had coffee before I came here. <laughs> well, thank you guys, <sighs> as always. What do we say, Jen? Rage on! Bye, guys. Bye, guys.